Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Hey there, it's Michael Gray for the Detroit Lions Podcast with the week three version of About Last Game. These are so much more fun after a win. Let's get into it. Please make sure that you subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, the thumbs up, the thumbs down, all of the comments. I read and res- I, re- I read them all. I, res- I respond to, to many. I got called Karen last week. I'm still not quite sure how we got from the ski masks are stupid to Karen. I didn't, uh, I didn't ask to see the assistant manager. At any rate, please be a part of things. Um, even if you think I'm a Karen, there are a lot of really good people working for DLP that are putting out incredible content. Please be a part of that. Want to start about last game? 40,000 feet, broad overview. This team was pissed off. And I think they showed that they can use that and that they can absolutely build on being angry because Dan Campbell said he wasn't easy to be around. Panace will look plenty fired up both in the pregame media session and then again in the pregame uh, shout around. This whole team played mad, played with their head on fire. And that's because this team, much like the fan base, has expectations. They didn't expect to lose that game against Seattle. And I think justifiably were upset at so many of the deficiencies that they displayed in that loss to the Seahawks. It wasn't that they lost. It was how they lost. It was turnovers. It was terrible missed assignments on defense. It was miscommunication. It was a bad game plan. There was a lot to clean up. And you saw this team come in focused. And that's important because as the NFL season goes along, you're going to lose some games. The Kansas City Chiefs have a loss. This from week one. They haven't lost since. Uh, and they, they they might not lose again. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, and there's plenty of losing to go around in the league. They don't need to do it. At any rate, this team came in and focused. They cleaned up mistakes. They got right in the places that they needed to get right from the week before. And they proved that they can turn all of their disappointment into execution in the following week. They had to overcome injuries. They had to come up with a different defensive game plan. They had to be ready to calm down an insanely hot running attack from that Atlanta Falcons offense and the way that they had executed through two weeks. And check it, check it, check it. The team was steady for four quarters going through all of the ups and downs and guys leaving on injury carts and everything that goes along with every NFL game. The Detroit Lions proved that they can come out, that they can refocus, and then they can execute. This team has expectations. And when they don't live up to expectations, they get mad. And when they get mad, sometimes, as was evidenced in week three against Atlanta, they can get even. Let's talk about the defense. I was, and I wasn't alone, pretty down on Aaron Glenn. 
after the game plan that they put out there against the Seahawks. Thought that loss looked way too familiar. And part of my uh, wish list for this game was a secondary plan that made sense. Just please put the guys in position to make plays that they can actually make. You know, that's kind of coaching 101. Put your players in position to win their matchups. And they did. Uh, with some subtle changes, bringing Isaiah Bugs into the fold, getting him involved in the D-line rotation, the pass rush getting home, seven sacks. You have one through two weeks, and now you have eight through three weeks. That's going to help everybody's average. Aiden Hutchinson getting home not once but twice. You could tell in that second strip sack towards the end of the game, there was some frustration. Again, going back to the anger from the week before in the way that that thing was executed. You saw the glimpses that you needed to see up front and the defensive line that Lions fans thought they were getting and were still waiting on through two weeks. You also can't say enough about the safety play on the opposite end of that defense. With Iffy coming in and Tracy coming in and playing huge roles with all of the injuries with Gardner Johnson out and Kirby out, those guys stepped up and played massive games. Bring in the heat and the physical play that you expect to see from the safety position. We do have to get Tracy on the jugs machine. Maybe he should spend some time with Saint. (laughs) That man was being thrown more passes than almost all of the receivers that play for the Lions. And we got to get him to catch a few of those because that could turn a game around in a big, big way. Then there's the not at all small matter of Brian Dam Branch. More on him by the numbers a little bit later here. But man, oh man, does that kid just excite you to watch him play football. Flying all over the field, making plays in pass defense, making plays in rush defense. Incredible instincts for reading plays and then the speed and the physical wherewithal to react. He is an absolute gem. It's only three weeks. It's only three games. And any reaction is necessarily an overreaction. But Brian Branch is an exciting player. There was a reason I was hopping around like a madman on draft night when the Lions selected him, and we're all seeing it. He is so far ahead of schedule, and you get to see just exactly how he forced his way onto the field when a lot of people, myself included, assumed that he had a red shirt year to learn under C.J. Gardner-Johnson. No. He's got to be on the field because he is absolutely one of the best defenders on this team and might screw around to be one of the best defenders in the league. Just absolutely exciting to watch him play. This defense was so good, in fact, that the Atlanta Falcons may have a legitimate problem on their hands insofar as there's a blueprint on how to beat this offense now. It's not that complicated. Put it on the arm of Ritter. Quarterback can't win you a game. He flat out missed some open guys. He was throwing errant passes. Now, granted, he was under a ton of pressure, but he's not the kind of guy that can win you a game. When the run game isn't working and the run game wasn't working, Detroit held Atlanta to 44 yards and B. John Robinson only got 33 of them. They absolutely shut down that rush attack. That's three weeks in a row, by the way, that the Lions have been excellent against the run. And they've shown the league just exactly what to do when Arthur Smith and the Falcons come to town. Make Desmond Ritter beat you. And I bet they don't win a lot of games that way. How about those second round stars? Talked about Brian Branch. Let's talk about Brian Branch some more. You do, did you know that according to Lions PR, he is the first player ever 
with 10 plus tackles, three tackles for loss, and two passes defended. Nobody's ever done that. That kind of well-rounded game is why I was going bonkers on Sunday. So much fun to watch him play. But he's not the only one. In fact, he's not even the only one from the second round of the draft because Sam Laporta now owns the NFL record for receptions through three games, his first three games, as a tight end. Very exciting watching these two guys play. Sam Laporta has become an immediate trusted asset for Jared Goff in that pass game. More on just exactly how big of a deal that is when we get to the by the numbers section of the program. But just exciting play from both of those guys. By the way, that doesn't at all negate what the first round guys are doing because Jack Campbell had a sack and oh, Jod Gibbs is starting to find his stride just a little bit. David Montgomery being out obviously hurts that rush game. Everybody's super impressed with the way he played through two games. But as that game went on, you started to see what makes Jameer Gibbs a special player. You started to see him grab a few more yards, and that burst is right there. And you know, you just know as a Lions fan that that big one, that big 55, 65-yard burst is right there. You just got to get a few more reps, a few more tries, get a feel for the pro game. Those gaps aren't like they were in Alabama. They're not even like they were at Georgia Tech. But Jameer Gibbs is an exciting player too. All of this goes with Hutch and Panay and Saint and Aleem and Kirby and on and on and on with the young, exciting talent on this team. This Brad Holmes guy might uh, have a future in general management of a team. The second round talent on this team is super exciting. The first round guys are obviously making plays. There's a young base in place in Detroit, and you see him week in, week out. It's a fun time to be a Lions fan. And then, by the numbers, if you follow me on Twitter, at the Michael Gray, uh, you may have already seen these, combed through them at the end of the game because there are some striking things out there. I wrote them down so I wouldn't screw them up. Uh, 358 total yards of offense. Six players had rush attempts, only four players had receptions, and only two of those players were wide receivers. That was something that Chris and I went over in the postgame show because I thought it was intensely interesting that only two wide receivers caught passes, that being Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Khalif Raymond. In fact, of the four guys that caught passes, Jod Gibbs is on that list with one. That means the entirety of the pass offense was on Amon Ross, St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, and Sam Laporta. That was it. And those three guys were enough to get it done in the passing attack. That's an amazing, amazing stat to me. It's not something I think you want to make a living of. I think you want Josh Reynolds involved. I think it would be fun if Green or what's left of Marvin Jones could make a play once in a while. And I really believe that come in week seven, you start to see what Jameson Williams could bring to the table because there were a couple of plays out there that if you've got number nine on the field and what he can do and you can get him the ball, there's some special stuff out there. Also by the numbers, uh, 44 rush yards allowed. I mentioned that because this offense was absolutely on fire from the running back position. They were running over everybody and the Lions shut it down. And again, that's the third straight week they've done that. 2.8 yards per play allowed going back to that defensive performance. Seven sacks. Thought this was interesting. Dan Campbell, gunslinger, risk taker, truth teller. Zero fourth down conversions attempted. Didn't get tricky with it. Punted the ball when he should punt the ball. 
took the points and kicked field goals. Sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. I know I hate it. There were a couple of moments in that Seattle game where a little less risk maybe was the way to go. He trusted his defense. He trusted his special teams. They went out and rewarded him with that. And uh, the most important number of all, a 14-point win. End of the day, all the other stats are BS. Who cares if you lose? You can have all the great stats you want and have a wonderful night for your fantasy team and still be mad the next morning if you lose. They didn't. They won by two scores, and it was never really in doubt, to be honest. The score is not indicative of how the Lions dominated this game. So all in all, this was a get-right game for your Detroit Lions, and they got right in a big way. Got right on that defense. Aaron Glenn needed to clean a lot of things up and fix a lot of mistakes and didn't have six weeks to do it like it took last year. He fixed it in six days, which is good because they've got a lot less than that coming up with a Thursday night tilt in Wisconsin. They also proved that they can play with a chip on their shoulder, angry at themselves for a lack of execution. That all comes back to expectations. This team has them of themselves. I don't think that's something as Lions fans, we've always necessarily believed. Fans have expectations. They would like it if you would win. They would like it if you would care. And this Lions team cares. From the head coach to the general manager, on down through the coaching staff, and certainly throughout that roster, this was a time to check your pride. And the Lions did that, and they came out and got a big, big win. Now they got to prove they can maintain that kind of focus because there's a game coming up in Wisconsin on Thursday night, and this is where the division schedule starts, and it only gets bigger from here. We'll have more on that with the week four wish list a little later in the week. In the meantime, please again, subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell, be a part of things that we're doing here at DLP, grab all of the content. It's entirely free. And uh, we'll see you next time. Let's bring it here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.